Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to our show, number 678. As you can probably tell, we're here with a live audience at the 2018 L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival right here in the Discovery Center at L.L. Bean's incredible flagship store in beautiful Freeport, Maine. On today's special broadcast, we'll talk with Maine Audubon staff naturalist Doug Hitchcock about Maine Audubon's fight for migratory birds through defense of the all-important Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Plus, we'll meet Sherwood Snyder from a company called Wildlife Acoustics. He'll be explaining about and doing a little demo of a smartphone app called Song Sleuth, which can help with bird identification through bird songs and calls right on your phone. A couple of items from the Talking Birds email bag. This is from our Talking Birds ambassador, Tom Samino in Princess Anne, Maryland. It's a little backyard birding thing here. He says, last fall I drilled some holes in a piece of wood I'd been saving for the campfire, thinking it would make a suet feeder instead, when lo and behold, a chickadee cleaned out one of the holes and built a cozy nest. How cool is that? Thanks for the story, Tom, and for requesting a couple of uh, Talking Birds patches on their way to Princess Anne, Maryland. And we heard from our friend Scott Bauman, another ambassador of ours up in Waupon, Wisconsin. He's been doing this Bigby thing. It's uh, a big year uh, by bicycle, and it's uh, Bigby stands for uh, big... uh, Anyway, he's doing that up there in Wisconsin. Let me get back to you on the exact uh, terminology on that. He says, since my last update, I've broken the 200 birds barrier. My 200th bird was a Bell's Vireo on May 18th. My total is so far 209 birds, 718 miles biking, and 34 miles walked. Adding to my species will slow down a little bit now that migration is coming to an end. I will, however, continue to bike and bird right through the summer. Very impressive, Scott, and thank you. We're seeing a lot of birds, of course, down this way. Migration is beginning to wind down. Thank you, Debbie. Big Green, Big Year. That's what Big B stands for. That may be one of our quiz questions a little bit later on, now that we know the answer. Uh, Well, here's something really impressive. Our Talking Birds ambassador in Corvallis, Oregon, Andrew Stokes, uh, just recently completed a -a bird-a-thon out that that way. He reports that the teams from Oregon State University Bird Nerds Club uh, just finished this uh, event and raised more than $2,000 to keep the club going and nearly $800 more for the Greenbelt Land Trust, which is a local land conservation nonprofit focused on protecting significant lands in the mid-Willamette Valley. He and his teammates racked up an impressive total of 87 species in the Birdathon. We have a happy birthday to say today, too, because, you know, we're from Boston, so we have to say happy birthday to this great fan of Talking Birds, Nikki Taramagra. There at Toscano's on Charles Street. 
Happy birthday, Nikki, from uh, all of us at Talking Birds and all the folks here in uh, Freeport, Maine, at the Birding Festival. If you just tuned in, it's the L.L. Bean Maine Audubon 2018 Birding Festival, continuing through today. And we have a little preview here coming up right now. It's our Mystery Bird Contest. If you're new to the show, we'll explain that a little bit here. We play the sound of a bird, give a couple of clues, and invite you to call in and identify this bird. And if you're the first with the correct answer, you would be our winner. Uh, if there is no correct answer received, we'll, we'll do a drawing and choose a winner from among those with the nearly correct answers. Uh, and Jesse, if you can, could you play uh, today's mystery bird? If we fired up our song salute, we could probably identify that bird right now, but more on that later. Here are some clues about our bird. It's a, a very small songbird that breeds in eastern North America, migrating north in the spring from southern Central America and parts of South America. The male of the species has a black throat, a black ear patch bordered in white, a yellow crown, and here's the big clue, a yellow wing patch. Underparts are grayish white. Our bird, which has suffered severe population decline since the mid-60s, feeds on insects and spiders and caterpillars. We have a couple of beautiful prizes. One is the Droll Yankees Bottoms Up Finch Feeder. Not very hospitable for hosp uh, house sparrows, but uh, great for a lot of other birds like goldfinches and chickadees and nuthatches and such that you'd love to see at your feeder. Plus, we have a download uh, to the LarkWire app to make learning bird sounds a game. Prizes and clues and the sound of our mystery bird. This is a preview of our contest. I forgot to say, don't call yet. But we'll give you the signal in uh, just a little bit. That's a preview of our contest coming along in uh, just uh, a few moments from right now. And still to come on our show, in addition to our talk with Maine Audubon's Doug Hitchcock and Sherwood Snyder from um, um, don't, don't, Wildlife Acoustics. Thank you. Uh, and talking about Song Sleuth. As long as I remember Song Sleuth, that's, that's the important part. And we'll talk with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment. I'm not going to give away the topic. We'll have him do that. Up next, we'll meet a songbird that does things uh, we just wish it wouldn't do. Our featured feathered friend is presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. Step right up and see one of the strangest creatures in the world. This amazing specimen is part bird and part bovine. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's a hybrid such as the world has never known. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen, and see the brown-headed cow bird. Well, if you stepped inside the tent, you wouldn't see a bovine bird mix. You'd see instead an avian obligate brood parasite. That is a bird that lays its eggs only in the nests of other species of birds and leaves those birds to incubate the eggs and raise the young while it goes off to lay more eggs in more birds' nests. But what else would a female brown-headed cowbird do? After all, it builds no nest of its own. Other birds exhibit this behavior too, most famously the common cuckoo in Europe. But the brown-headed cowbird is the only obligate brood parasite common across all North America, 
where it's known to have laid its eggs in the nests of 200 species of birds. It's a bizarre sight indeed to see a baby bird that's three or four times larger than its stepmother who's feeding it. The brown-headed cowbird is a medium-sized songbird with a medium-length tail and a heavy pointed bill. The male is shiny black with a brown head and neck. The female, despite her adventurous lifestyle, is a dull grayish brown. Not surprisingly, perhaps, the brown-headed cowbird is not monogamous. But then again, that's something it has in common with many other bird species. Here's the male brown-headed cowbird singing to one of his sweethearts. By the way, not all songbirds are helpless in the face of the advance of egg-laying brown-headed cowbirds. The yellow warbler, for example, has been known to build a new nest right on top of a parasitized one, sometimes resulting in a stack of nests up to six levels high. The brown-headed cowbird, Cetophica petechia. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Thanks again for being with us here on our show number 678 today live from the L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival here in Freeport, Maine. We have a beautiful live studio audience here. Hello again, studio audience. Live and enthusiastic. Well, do you have trouble identifying birds by sound? Yeah, tell me about it. For most of us, it's not... All that easy, but help is on the way, and to lead us to it this morning, we say hello to Sherwood Snyder. He's the Director of Product Management for Wildlife Acoustics, creator of Song Sleuth, an app to help us with those IDs. Look at that. Spontaneous applause. Sherwood has a dual degree from Rochester Institute of Technology in Electrical and Mechanical Engineering. He came to Wildlife Acoustics from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's Bioacoustics Research Program where he designed hardware and software to monitor whales and other wildlife. So it sounds like he's in the right job here, creating this Song Sleuth uh, app. He's with us to tell us about it and give us a little demo of Song Sleuth, which lets us listen to the birds singing around us. And through that smartphone app, shows us the most likely bird species that the app hears. Good morning, Sherwood. Thanks, Ray. Glad to be here. Great to have you. And I, we should maybe clarify one thing for people who think that this is just like Shazam, and you can just point it at a bird and it'll recognize a bird just the way Shazam would with a song, but it's a little more complicated than that. Uh, yeah, uh, Shazam has a couple advantages. One is that it's identifying an exact match to a recording made bit for bit, um, and birds, of course, learn their songs from their parents, most songbirds, so the variation is huge, like a guy from Texas doesn't sound like a guy from Boston. And so uh, we had to feed the app thousands and thousands and thousands of training data to try to cover all of these uh, variations you might run into. And also, I think I saw on Wikipedia, Shazam has a couple more engineers than us. Is that right? <laughs> okay. So, so we know Shazam is accurate because of kind of what you described. How, how accurate do you say Song Sleuth is? Well, the, the, um, the app is designed to kind of get you close and then present you with likely matches, and then you're supposed to use your fancy human brain to kind of, what's the right sports reference, take it across the end line, end zone, into the... Yeah. Help, help yeah, touch them all. Yeah. yeah. Show yard. 
Yeah. And so, it, you know, that, that kind of provides this learning experience yeah. where you're, you're engaged and you're listening to the songs, which I can show you in the demo. Okay, a little demo here. And Sherwood is going to play this song. Are we, uh, are we reveal revealing what uh, no. bird this is? We're not saying... Whew, that was close. We're not revealing what bird this is, but what, what are we going to do? We're going to listen to the bird that you've recorded here, right, first? That's right. This, this is like a, a cooking show. I've pre-baked the pie. I recorded this bird uh, last night uh, here in Maine. So I'm going to play the bird I recorded and then walk you through how Song Sleuth is going to help me figure out what that bird is. Okay, here so, we go. Here's the bird I recorded. I'll play that one more time. That was a bird. We know that. So um, after that, I press Run ID, and Song Sleuth has presented me with three choices. And um, the way I get engaged here is there's a big button at the top where I can play, again, the bird I recorded, and then three buttons next to these three species of birds, and we'll see if we can figure out what this bird is. Okay. So I'm going to start at the bottom. This is a morning warbler. This is one of the suspects. Second suspect is a northern perula. Is that how we... Two ways to say what do you say, Doug? Perula or parula? You say it fast enough so no one can correct you. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, this. okay. And one more time, the original bird. Before the punchline. And this is our last uh, bird choice. And this demo is not fit for radio, but if you're kind of a more visual person, you could also compare the spectrograms of those two songs. And what Ray's looking at here probably is looking at two bird song spectrograms, the calligraphy of the bird, and it's pretty obvious that that last bird is the match, which is a chestnut-sided warbler. Nice, nice job, yeah. Yeah, and you can find uh, lots more on this app, by the way, all kinds of information and fabulous uh, illustrations by none other than David Sibley. Sherwood Snyder is Director of Product Management for Wildlife Acoustics, creators of Song Sleuth. If you'd like to find out more about it, just go to songsleuth.com, and that'll direct you where to go, songsleuth.com. Sherwood, thanks so much. My pleasure. Well, this is a special show today, live from L.L. Bean's uh, Discovery Center here in Freeport, Maine. It's the L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival, the fourth annual, the 2018 version. And joining us right now from uh, Maine Audubon is our, our old friend from, I guess, maybe several broadcasts here, Doug Hitchcock, staff naturalist at Maine Audubon. Well, Doug, the... Uh, the landmark Migratory Bird Treaty Act of 1918 is thought to have saved millions, maybe billions, of birds through its various bird conservation policies. And that act is now subject to big changes proposed by the Interior Department that could turn the clock back, many will say, on decades of work uh, to protect birds. Lots of folks and organizations are fighting back against this, and one of those organizations is Maine Audubon. And Doug Hitchcock's staff naturalist at Maine Audubon is here to tell us what uh, Maine Audubon is uh, doing. Doug, maybe first a quick uh, background on what, uh, what the Migratory Bird Treaty Act is and why it's so important. So uh, it goes back uh, 100 years ago this year. It's kind of uh, almost a slap in the face to the Migratory Bird Treaty Act that on its centennial, it's now at its greatest threat. Um, 
it did definitely take a few years before it, it was finally passed and became the the act that it is now. But um, it's it's worth noting that it really all started. Um, birds were being indiscriminately indiscriminately hunted, um, especially the millinery trade. The kind of classic example of uh, the women with feathers in their hats, if not entire birds in their hats. Um, and it really started with uh, two women, um, Harriet Lawrence Hemingway and uh, Minnie B. Hall, who started the Massachusetts Audubon. And one of their big goals was to essentially raise the awareness of this this slaughter of birds. So um, basically what it, what it, it states is that it becomes illegal for any person to um, cause any take harm uh, to birds, whether it's uh, directly harming them, directly killing them, um, even covers things like harassment. Um, and that's what makes it, you know, technically illegal for us to possess like a feather or a bird's nest. Um, so it's, it really does a great job protecting our North American birds. So a new interpretation coming from the Interior Department, which means what? So over the years, it's been applied to, um, especially in, in industry, that anything that companies were doing that were essentially causing harm to birds would uh, then be illegal. So this new interpretation basically says that it goes back to specific people doing direct harm. Um, there's a lot of uh, uh, issues with what's called incidental take when you might have an open oil pit that you know a flock of geese might land in thinking they see the sheen thinking that it's a safe place to land. Um, so now we have things like uh, covers over those that are going to keep birds out or you know, direct collisions with wind farms, you know, all these things that are considered incidental take, they're now saying will not be covered by the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Your website is maineaudubon.org, right? Correct. So go there if you're in Maine and find out more about what Maine Audubon is doing and how you can help. And Doug, uh, National Audubon, joined by several co-plaintiffs, has just filed a lawsuit to prevent these new Interior Department interpretations to go into effect from what you know of that and what you're doing and what other organizations and people are doing, uh, what's your sense? Do you have any sense of what what the chances of reversing uh, this new interpretation would be? Um, I'll never be uh, uh, surprised. You know, it seems like every day there's a new headline that uh, is kind of devastating for the environment. So I'd... I will encourage people, I think collectively we can have a voice that can uh, kind of show what the people want. This is where you could go on mainaudubon.org and sign a petition that we've got going um, that'll go to our, our um, congressional uh, uh, representatives. Um, so really the best thing I think we can do is make our voices heard and really make this point. Like, as I said before, it literally started with two women in Massachusetts that basically helped get this whole thing started. I'd like to think that a collective uh, large number of voices can keep it going. Doug Hitchcox is the staff naturalist for Maine Audubon, which is doing its part, certainly, in the fight to protect the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Keep up the good work, Doug. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Coming up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute.
Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. This is Joe Morris, and I am calling you from Nashville, Tennessee. Ray Brown's Talking Birds is always fun to listen to. It's bite-sized, entertaining, and enjoyable. It's just an easy way to learn a little bit about birds and the ways that people are interacting with them, especially around conservation and preservation. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. Here's a reminder, another of America's great birding events is coming very soon. The Acadia Birding Festival happens to also be here in the great state of Maine at beautiful Acadia National Park, May 30th to June 5th for birders of all levels with field trips and workshops, presentations, and a special pelagic seabird boat trip. Find out more about it at AcadiaBirdingFestival.com. That's AcadiaBirdingFestival.com. You're eligible to win our Mystery Bird Contest if you haven't been a winner within six months here on Talking Birds. And if you don't have the correct answer or you're not certain about it, call us anyway. Because uh, no correct answer, which occasionally happens, means a drawing will determine our winner. Uh, The number is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. We have a beautiful Droll Yankees bottoms-up finch feeder and a download of the LarkWire app. As our prizes this morning, here is the sound. It's not very loud of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a very small songbird that breeds in eastern North America, migrating north in the spring from southern Central America, parts of South America. The male of the species has a black throat, a black ear patch, bordered in white, a yellow crown, and... I see nodding in our live audience here. A yellow wing patch. I say a yellow wing patch. Underparts are grayish white. Our bird, which has suffered severe population declines since the mid-60s, feeds on insects and spiders and uh, caterpillars. So that would be our mystery bird. 781-837-4900. Call us as soon as you can. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we'll be checking in with Mike O'Connor from the world-famous... Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. The June issue of Birdwatching is now available at Barnes & Noble and other retail outlets. The issue features stories on birding the Appalachian Trail, the threatened Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, as well as tips on photographing hummingbirds. Plus, Ken Kaufman describes how to differentiate blue grosbeak from indigo bunting. David Sibley explains how waterfowl hide their wings, and much more. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Hello, I'm Ed Begley, Jr., and wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. This is where we would play the uh, the music for Mike, and I think we're going to do it here in a little more primitive fashion. Let's see if this works. Oh, wait a second. No, we're going to turn this up. I said this was primitive fashion. 
we really are you there mike perfect ray i like that yeah it was pretty smooth wasn't it oh we thought it was pretty smooth. <laughs> you can tell you're doing this been doing this a long time perfect yeah it's obvious hey this is a really big day this is a big celebration day well tomorrow is but we're kind of celebrating it today and uh, what i mean is that tomorrow monday the uh what would that be mike the 28th of uh, may 28th of may we'll will be the 35th anniversary of the famous Bird Watchers General Store. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the best crowd Nobody ever. Here cares oh, my about God. About it, Mike. Mike. That was awesome. And, Mike, you know, <laughs> what I was a looking team. this up. Like, what is the, yeah. I was like, Come what on, is I'll, the I'll take you guys out to Ben and Jerry's afterwards. That was awesome. Oh, you heard that, Ben. This is being recorded, Mike, so uh, <laughs> you're going to have to... Come through with that. Yeah. Yeah, so I looked up the 35th anniversary, what the gift is, and it's actually mud. Mud. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm going to forgo my gift and and share it with the birds, and I think that's a little tip people should do when they're putting out things in the spring for birds. Like a a few weeks ago, we talked about putting out string and yarn for Orioles to build their nest, and sometimes fur, dog fur, or whatever, for chickadees. And mud, a lot of birds depend on mud, and in some areas there's plenty of mud, in other areas it's a little dry. So if if you have a little puddle, or you can take like a a trash can cover and fill it with mud or a Tupperware container and fill it with mud and, and make it nice and wet. Birds like cliff swallows in that area or barn swallows or eastern phoebes. And, and, and then in every area, robins, they all depend on the mud. And they'll come down and they'll use it. Years ago, I was I was driving out some upstate New York someplace or something, and I went by a farm. You know, farms, there's water everywhere. There's like a horse trough leaking. And cliff swallows... There must have been 50 of them just coming down, coming down, coming down, picking up mud to build their mud nest with. So it's a good thing to put out. Um, you know, it's inexpensive, unfortunately. I can't make any money on it, but the birds would appreciate it. So uh, if you have any extra mud or you want to create a little mud puddle, I think the birds would love that for you. And it makes a great gift. <laughs> for exactly, exactly. Father's Day is coming up, so, uh, Dad, you might be getting some mud. I hear your music now. It's playing. That's I'm getting played off. Hey, sound is a great show, Ray, and uh, that's an awesome audience. You should take that with you everywhere you go. What do you say, audience? Will you go with us? Oh, all right. They said okay. Uh, you're going to pick up the travel tab on that too, Mike. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, man. All right. Bye-bye. We ended as smoothly as we started with that segment there, but thank you. Uh, that's our man, Mike O'Connor, down at the uh, Bird Watchers General Store in Cape Cod. So we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest, and I wonder, uh, Jesse, if we could hear the sound of that mystery bird again. Let's see. Oh, hello. Are you the mystery bird? <laughs> okay. It says here we have a call from Chris in Albion, California. Is that right? Yep. Yes, sir. Well, welcome. Welcome, Chris. Uh, you know, I don't know if you, you have your radio turned up or something, because we can hear kind of this echo going on here. We're trying to keep this no, as smooth I, I, as I we did through the microphone. You don't have it. Okay, so we have our radio turned up. I guess that's what it is. But anyway, uh, you're, I think you're not actually the mystery bird, but you're calling on the mystery bird contest and uh, what do you say the mystery bird is, uh, Chris? I say golden-winged warbler. Doug Hitchcocks? Sounds good. Sherwood Snyder? I concur. Yay! And the audience is applauding. I believe you are correct. <laughs> golden-winged warbler is absolutely correct. 
Chris, thank you uh, so much. Thank you for calling in. Congratulations. And if you would uh, stay on the line there, we will get your uh, address. And um, Thank you, Rand. Love, love the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Chris from Albion, California, correctly. Oh, uh, he loves me. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, a little love for Maine from California. Very nice. Chris, thank you. Thank you again for calling in on our Mystery Bird contest, which we do here on the show every week. And what also happens on the show every week is that before we realize it, we're kind of uh, out of time and uh, wrapping up the show. Sherwood Snyder, thank you so much for being with us, and good luck with Song Salute. Thanks. It was a thrill. And Doug Hitchcock, as always, thank you, and thanks for the great work you're doing. Thank you. Looking forward to five years next year. All right. Next year it will be. And thank you so much, uh, studio audience here at Freeport, Maine, in the L.L. Bean Discovery Center. We have wrapped up our uh, time for the show, but we will have another show next week, so we hope you'll tune in and tell your friends about Talking Birds. And thank you to Mark Duffield. <laughs> Debbie Bleacher. And our engineer back at the studio, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com.